0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. That is David Lake. Emergency podcast edition. Miami got some very good news uh, on Monday night. It was really kind of a wild 24 hours. Houston quarterback Diaric King will transfer to Miami. He's set to start classes in Coral Gables Um, On Tuesday, the Hurricanes also got uh, news like an hour later that Temple graduate transfer defensive end Quincy Roche uh, Will also transfer to Miami and that came a day after four-star cornerback Isaiah Dunson uh, stated that he he, um, Was committing to to sign with the Hurricanes in February. So David uh, I don't think Miami's had this good of a 24-hour stretch
1: since, like, this time last year, maybe? Yeah. I think we're going to look back at this day as being, you know, assuming everything goes as expected, you know, Derek King stays healthy, is pr- as productive as we think he will be at Miami at the end of this calendar year. I think we're going to look back on this day as being, you know, potentially a uh, game-changing day, maybe even a programming change program changing type of day for Miami landing Derek King who you could make the argument was the best quarterback in the transfer portal and then Quincy Roche is nothing to sneeze at either I understand he's not maybe a, a marquee name that a lot of college football fans would know about but I think you could make the argument he is the best defensive player available in the transfer portal so we can get into it more but you know look Miami has a quarterback that is a huge deal Manny Diaz has made a ton of great changes this offseason, and and we can get into it more. Ta- take us behind the scenes on on just how this all came together from what you've heard, Andrew. Uh, it was kind of crazy.
0: I mean, um, it, it all progressed really fast. I know we talked about it on the last episode of the podcast, how um, Derek King was going to visit Miami. You know, he he showed up on Friday with mom by all accounts, uh, the visit went well. You know, there were the reports out there that he was going to get to Maryland, and um, he never got on that flight. From what I heard, Maryland was uh, booked some type of transportation for him to leave at 6 a.m. on uh, on Saturday morning and get up to uh, College Park, but that never happened. He ended up eating brunch with Miami's coaching staff. I think it was the entire coaching staff hung around a little bit longer Hurricanes were hoping to kind of stretch the visit into Sunday, but him and mom needed to get back to Houston. His mom, um, I believe, is ill. She's, she's kind of undergoing some treatment, and, and from what I heard, she had gotten some treatment earlier in the week, so that's kind of one of the reasons why they left. And then uh, at some point over the weekend, it, whether it was I, – I think it was Sunday, uh, Derek gave some indication to Miami um, that he – uh, what was what was going to be Miami hurricane and you touched on this. This is this is absolutely huge um, for Miami um, I mean, I don't think you could uh, Find a better quarterback to be the point man for for rabbit lashley's offense really the guy right. the trigger man I mean, yeah, Jamie Newman would have been nice um, I just don't know if, if Jamie Newman is elect uh, as electric and, and as dynamic to to play behind an offensive line that gave up 51 sacks the season before so uh, this is huge. This is a guy that equals wins. Everyone wanted to talk about Alonzo Highsmith and all that. Like, this is the guy who um, can, can really turn things around. And, um, you know, I, two two seasons ago, 50 touchdowns at Houston. Uh, pro football focus graded him out as the second best quarterback in college football. Uh, I, I looked it up. Miami's two quarterbacks, like Malik Rozier, had a grade of uh, 59 uh, in, in 2018. And Jaron Williams was like a 58 uh, in 2019, so you're going from what was considered F
1: quarterback play, or, or is that D minus, to a guy who is an uh, A. Yes, I mean I I'll admit. So once you know things started trending, that uh you know it looked like Derek was going to end up at Miami. I, I dug in and started working on you know a breakdown of his game, and you know overall I knew he was dynamic. I knew uh, he was a good player, but once I really started You know putting this article together and breaking him down he was even better than i remembered better than i expected him to be uh particularly the the two things that stood out to me about him is he really is a dynamic runner um he is it's not hyperbole to say he's a running back that can throw the ball well um he has very good balance he has very good burst um and yeah, he he can take over a game running the ball. And then the other thing that stands out about him when you when you break break him down and watch him more is his big arm. Like, yes, he is a 5 foot 10 quarterback. He is a smaller quarterback, but he has a very live arm. And he throws a beautiful deep ball, and he can rip those intermediate throws in tight windows when he needs to. So those were two things that I I thought were better than I expected them to be with Eric. And honestly, when he's at his best, it's those two things that are clicking. And yeah, this offense is going to be exciting with him in Rhett Lashley's system.
0: Um, what was I going to say? Sorry, someone's someone's calling me in in the middle of the uh in the em- middle emergency podcast. Oh, you mentioned him being a running back. I mean, this was a guy who started yeah. his career as a uh, wide receiver at Houston. We talked about that on the last podcast. I think he's, like, return kicks. I mean... He's returned he a touchdown. One... <laughs> like, does Miami have anyone on their roster that's done that? No.
1: I don't think so. No, not a kick return. No. Yeah. Um, well, now they do.
0: <laughs> yeah, now, now they do. It, it, to me, like, this just shows Rhett Lashley can kind of get the job done. I mean, yeah. from my understanding, Rhett was very involved in this. Like, this was Rhett, but Manny was also involved as well and david me and you kind of i don't want to say we called this whole thing but if we go back to if you listen to the podcast episode after uh the duke game you know when they lost that game we said we wouldn't be surprised if manny changed offensive coordinators we we wouldn't be surprised if um they try to get a graduate transfer quarterback and my thought process then if you told me they were gonna get Rhett lashley and derek king i would have been like this is best case scenario like i don't know oh, yeah. how they could have done any better um and that was before they even lost to Louisiana Tech. I mean, it's just kind of amazing that this team went six and seven in and the, the way they did. And now they got like
1: just these elite guys. Yeah. I mean, this this offseason has been great. The bowl game seems like it was like three years ago now, you know, like it's totally in the past. Manny has made the moves that has allowed the fan base and the program to look forward and get excited about this 2020 season. And there's there's a ton to be excited about. Um, You know, I think, too, one thing with Derek, you mentioned that they needed to change coordinators and go get a quarterback. They also got a new offensive line coach. And I think Derek King is going to help that offensive line look better. He's a guy that doesn't take sacks because he is so elusive. He can By time Um, so he is also going to make that unit look a lot better which is a big deal considering how bad they were last season so
0: I mean and you did the you did the film breakdown on on our site miami.247sports.com I mean I mean there's some there's some clips in there where it's like whoa uh, yeah, you know, in terms in terms of him bailing out the offensive line, and you mentioned he's got to stay healthy. Like that will definitely be yes. the concern all season long. Can he stay healthy? Um, because there's probably a good chance one of the other five scholarship quarterbacks transfers out. So, um, and I'm going to assume they're going to try to mold Tyler Van Dyke to potentially yeah. be be the number two, or or maybe it's Tate Martell. I mean, I was on campus uh, Saturday. I saw Tate Martell there throwing with with Larry Hodges. So I don't think he's going anywhere. And I do think tate kind of fits
1: what lashley wants to do but yeah, yeah. That, that that will be the concern yeah i mean there's going to be attrition in the quarterback room you would assume this will uh this will encourage jaron to explore his his options which he should i mean look by getting Derek king manny sent jaron a, a message you know essentially saying look We gave you a shot. It wasn't good enough. We're going to bring a guy that we think can get the job done. You can either stay and and try and compete to be the starter after he leaves, or you can look for your next destination now. You know, I wouldn't be surprised at this point if Jaron does leave. He probably should leave um, and and go get a fresh start somewhere else. So I don't think that's necessarily a big problem. It's just, you know, part of how it goes when you go – go get a really good transfer quarterback.
0: Um, let's kind of get into Quincy Roche, because that was a wild, uh, even even more wild than Derek King. I mean, yeah. he visited Miami two weeks ago. Um, there was talk of him visiting Rutgers, never visited Rutgers. Spent this weekend at Virginia Tech. And from my understanding, like, he was on board with Miami once Derek King was on board. So which, so that means he thinks uh, right. that – Miami's going to have a pretty good year. And this is another huge get. I mean, he was the number two pass rusher in college football this past year, according to Pro Football Focus. I mean, Miami has essentially added like huge free agents.
1: Yeah, I mean, Pro Football Focus uh, tracks quarterback pressures, right? And I I understand Quincy played group of five competition, but amongst the entire country uh, with defensive ends, with edge rushers. He was second in the country with 68 quarterback pressures, um, which was more than Chase Young, who had 56 quarterback pressures. Uh, Greg Rousseau last year had 46 quarterback pressures. So bottom line, Miami got a guy who can rush the passer. And when you pair him with a Greg Rousseau, um, that's probably going to be the best pass rushing duo in the country. And if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, it makes like the whole uh, Jonathan Garvin leaving early. It's just kind of like whatever now. I mean, obviously, you would like a guy like that to stay in in your program because you want to develop guys to be seniors. And I don't know if long-term this is going to work for Miami, kind of relying on the the quote-unquote one-and-dones, but they seem to be kind of perfecting it. And one of my working theories as to why – they're they're getting this is because it's like Miami it's a pro city I mean I I think they can sell the idea of just coming for six months and and almost kind of treating like a training camp like it's it's, it seems to be working and the kids might not want to stay home now um, or or might not be attracted to Miami's weather now but it seems like after three to four years in college all of a sudden it sounds a lot more appealing maybe it's because they're 21
1: (laughs) and the thing I like about this is um, you know compared to Trayvon Hill who I think overall was a solid addition uh, from Virginia Tech. Um, the thing I like about Quincy more this situation is that he's going to be here in the spring. I think that's a big plus compared to Trayvon, who arrived. When did he arrive? Did he arrive second summer session or did he arrive for fall camp? It just it,
0: it was it was second summer session because I remember we saw him at one of the camps. Right. There in, uh, and then June. But you know, we didn't know until August that there he was kinda of dealing with a shoulder injury. Right. Remember that that it come out. Yeah, so I, I do agree. And it really took him a while to get going. Like I do agree, he was a solid addition, but it took him yes. you know, three, four games to I don't
1: know. And, and Quincy Quincy's gonna hit the ground running. Um, you know, I think he knows he he still has some weight and strength to gain because his goal is to you know essentially use this year as a springboard to the NFL and he's going to be able to do that in in the strength and conditioning program this offseason and and yeah you know it definitely seems like him and Derek were kind of talking behind the scenes and that's what happens is, when, when you get a big time quarterback it is a magnet for your program so the hope would be do you think? go ahead no, no 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 finish it out the hope would be what? The hope would be that De'Eric King uh, balls out in this fun, up-tempo style offense, and it attracts either another baller graduate transfer quarterback next year, or you know, the best case scenario is it attracts one of the best uh, high school quarterback prospects in the country, and then that attracts more high school studs to come with him. Because, I mean, guys, recruits have figured it out for the most part that if you go play with the best quarterbacks in the class chances are you're going to win a lot of games and have fun at the college level
0: um all right so two things on that I was at a seven on seven practice Sunday three underclassmen I spoke to when I was just asking them about Miami brought up Derek King on their own which I thought was crazy like you know local kids are like oh yeah you know they might get Garrett King. So, I mean, and it's not like he's from down here and everyone right. grew up watching him. So it's a big deal there. Um, you also now, I think, for when we get into spring football and that kind of transitions into what I would consider mat, preseason magazine season and, and all yeah. the previews and all the hype, Miami is going to have a star on defense. That, that'll that be probably a preseason All-ACC first pick in and, and, and Greg Russo. And yes. then on, and on then on offense, you got Derek King, who you know isn't going to be uh, first team All ACC preseason pick, but he there's the hype train is, is pulling into Coral Gables, so I think that's going to do wonders uh, for recruiting. I really do. I mean, now you got star players, and like you said, if, if this works out, kids are going to want to play at Miami.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think like of the teams of on Miami schedule. Miami will have the advantage at quarterback in pretty much every game. I mean, maybe, I mean, Sam Howell at North Carolina is a stud. He's going to be big time, but I think that's debatable between De'Ara King and Sam Howell. And, you know, look, when you have the quarter, the no brainer quarterback advantage, that's a big deal. Uh, Especially Especially when when you you have a defense like Miami has.
0: exactly, Exactly. I mean, even if the defense
1: regresses
0: a little bit, I mean, which is probably realistic. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be... You know, I, I can definitely see a, a path to nine or ten wins. Um, but we never know. But, yeah, I like, mean,
1: la- they got to do it. Enough with this on-paper talk. Like, I understand I have to do it because I run a website that covers Miami Hurricanes football for the off-season, you know? And so I have to talk about all this stuff on paper. But ultimately... With this program right now, just show it. Just prove it on the field. Let's see it. Enough paper talk on paper. Oh, the talent's great. Let's see it on the field. And hopefully, Derek King can bring those results.
0: How about Manny Diaz going like radio silent?
1: Right. I mean, it's different than last year. And and look, I think it's a smart move. Um, you know, let the he results knows show. <laughs> he know. Yeah, like he knows the seats hot, right? I mean, the seats hot, right? I mean, you know, he understands how to play it. And I think last year, you know, look, obviously the way the season went, it kind of got clowned on and that's to be expected. But he understands you can't keep that behavior up when you had a stinker of a year. So he's being a little more quiet this year. And and I think that's a smart move. Tell us about. So Miami also got a high school commitment, right? Tell us about Isaiah, Isaiah Dunson. Yeah, yeah, dude, that one was.
0: I don't know. I was so fo- I've been so focused on like the Eric King thing since Thursday when when we first reported that he was visiting. Sure. Like, I I don't even know what I've done
1: sure. with
0: uh, my past four days. Like, you know. <laughs> like it's all like kind of like blurred together and like oh yeah like miami landed a commitment from a top 300 corner in in the middle of all this isaiah dunson um so you know when i it was actually thursday when i I first reported that he was going to visit i mean i had heard miami had been recruiting him uh i know they had made contact with him after he decommitted from florida state back in October, you know, when when Miami basically just went up and down my FSU's commit list and pretty much called everyone Isaiah Dunson was a the guy they made contact with um, He was scheduled to visit Ole Miss th- this past weekend uh, hurricanes got him to bump that and I think he got on campus and he really re- liked it his parents liked it and uh, Miami basically from my, what I understood understood and I know a lot of fans are gonna like to hear this because people have been wanting Miami to do this forever is they put the squeeze on him. Like, either you're in or we're going to go recruit some other guys. And he was about it. And I think that's not not like a ballsy move, but like, dude, Miami should do that. And this just kind of continues the theme of Miami finding Power 5-level guys uh, after the early signing period from out of state who are probably very attracted to what what Miami is, like a kid from – um I, I think tucker george is right outside of uh atlanta where he's from and i think it's a good take you know he's super long from what someone told me he's just as tall as mike rump and he's got a longer reach um than than uh, mike rump does and okay. we know this staff puts a premium on length at the corner position yeah. I, I think they they would have wished he, he's a little a little quicker but when you watch the film and, and the footage of him in camps whether it be uh the opening Atlanta and there, there's some clips out there floating around of him at one of the rivals camps might've even been the rivals five-star challenge. Like he's pretty, he's an intriguing guy. Like, um, I, I probably put Christian Williams ahead of him, but like Christian Williams is, is right there with him. And I think Christian Williams is a guy who, who could play for Miami next year. So it's a, it's a good
1: take. Yeah. The thing I liked about Isaiah's film is the way he attacks the ball. Like you can tell, He plays a lot of wide receiver at the high school level, too. And, you know, when you're 6'2 and can jump like he can and you have a long wingspan, that can maybe make up for not having the fastest 40 times. So I think he's going to get in into the college program, gain a little more speed with a strength and conditioning program. And, you know, you can't teach those ball skills like not every cornerback has those type of instincts and abilities. He has it. Um, And so now moving forward for him, it's kind of going to be about, all right, you got to learn how to get a little bit faster. And I think once he does, he's going to be in the mix to play, you know, two or three years down the road. And let's
0: also not forget, this was not a good year nationally at corner. Um, Not a good year locally at corner. And I think, I I hate using the term best case scenario, but I mean, was Miami going to do much better than this? I, I know they'd no. offer some kids, kids out of Texas and, and stuff like this, but it's pretty good. I, I
1: think is Miami done at corner now? Would you say for this cycle?
0: Yeah. So let's kind of talk about that. Um, <laughs> the numbers are all of a sudden very tight. Remember, like we were right. talking before the disaster of a three-game skid, how Miami was going to be tight on numbers. Uh, and then they lost the games, and I was like, "Well, now Miami has all this space." Well, now after the addition of Dunson, Roche, um, and Darike King, you're back to a numbers crunch. Uh, so right now, if you if you include Jose Borogales, so that those are four additions. Uh, you got Willie Moise committed. Uh, that's that's five on top of the 18 that signed. Now you're at 23. Um, I do not think. Miami uh, has room for another defensive back. Like I think if an, an Avante Williams wanted in that is that is possible, but they they want to uh, take some offensive linemen and they might be able to get a little creative and count an offensive lineman forward. I don't know how they would do that, but they have been in, in contact with some graduate transfer linemen that uh, don't graduate until May. And I think it's smart to, they didn't try to rush some guy in here um, for spring football, go into spring practices Figure out what you got. Um, remember, Miami returned six offensive linemen that started at least one game this past year. And, yeah, right. that might not sound like it much. But the year before that, it was only three. So you got some guys who who have handled a, a college pass rush um, and had to prepare to, to be a starter. So it's completely different. And I think you also want to avoid a Tommy Kennedy situation where a previous staff recruited a lineman and he comes in and you're like, this guy doesn't fit what I want to do. So uh, that made sense there. Again, what I said 23 numbers, two spots left. I think there's a chance Willie Moise could could not be dropped, but Miami can move in a different direction just because um, uh, of his grade situation. So maybe there there's three spots left. Again, probably two for offense alignment, maybe one for an offense alignment and look, let's be honest. Um, now that Miami's got these these graduate transfers, I'm sure some other transfers are going to be interested, right? Like yeah. I would I, I would be very picky it. about yeah very picky you never know who's going to come a, become available.
1: Right, I mean, could those could an offensive line spot be for a transfer too? You know.
0: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think they're going to take a high school and offensive lineman. Okay. I think
1: all I think it will be graduate transfers. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I would save those. You know, in May, some will shake loose. Probably even in June and July, some will shake loose, too. So I would hold on to those spots and use them for those type of guys. Yeah. Tell me this. And so so oh, can we move on to another subject?
0: Yeah, 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 go. Yeah, yeah.
1: So wide receiver coach, um, Taylor Stubblefield moved yeah, on to, like- Penn, to Penn State. And, uh, yeah. you know. I think it's a it was a smart move for him, don't you think? I think it, it's gonna prove to be probably a better fit. Do you agree with that?
0: Like honestly, I totally forgot that happened on on Sunday. Like we're <laughs> recording this on Monday night. Like that just it's a lot. Yeah, that was yeah. Um, no, I do agree. And I, I, I wrote this on our message board kind of after the news shook out. Look, I was a Taylor Stubblefield fan. Um, yeah, I think he worked very hard um i thought he tried as a recruiter i don't necessarily think he was a good fit recruiting maybe um some of the schools in miami dade which is why we saw him go out of state for kids but he tried i also think he made um the uh, uh excuse me the wide receiver room better like d wiggins developed yeah uh, i don't you can't blame him maybe for the offense being too complicated for some of the other guys, but. I thought he made them better, and I, I don't think I, I I don't think he put up with a lot of crap um, from that room, which is maybe why we saw uh, like a guy like Brian Hightower leave. So I was a fan, like I was okay with him staying, but I do agree this is probably a, a better move for him career-wise. I mean, he never worked with Brett Lashley in the past. The reason was why he was at Miami is because he he had a prior existing relationship with with Dan Enos, and I just think. He's going to be able to recruit um, Penn State type of kids, and I think Penn State goes after a different type of, of kid than, than Miami. So I, I get it. I wish him all the best.
1: Yeah. My hope with Miami's next wide receivers, Coach, is they get a guy who's just going to be a dog recruiter and be able to connect with you know some of the Dade County uh, kids, Dade County inner city schools. Do, do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I think they—it's time to kind of get get one of those guys in there, um, someone that that can be uh, an ace of sorts on offense. I, I I would agree with that.
1: Right. I mean, and, you know, wide receiver is annually a loaded position in Dade County, even you know Broward County as well, and so yeah, it's going to be big too. Put a fence around that area for that position group especially in this offense like receivers are going to want to play in this offense So get a guy who can kind of seal the deal with those local receivers in my opinion
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah Um, what else you want to get into before we wrap this up? I know we we're trying to kind of try to keep it.
1: Uh, yeah There's a lot happening. I think you know, that's that's it. That's it's big Derek king certainly an exciting time um you know, spring football is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, nine, 10, 11 months from now, was this a program changing day uh, for Miami? Uh, Is this a job changing type day for Manny Diaz? Uh, You know, the overall trajectory of the season and of the program, I think uh, hit another level today. So it's a good day for Miami Hurricanes fans, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely, and um, I'm sure we have a lot of our VIP members on, on the site. So I, I will put this out there. From what I've heard, Miami might not be done. Um, there's a chance they can Ooh. make one more, one more addition. So um, tease, tease them, yeah, Andrew. tease <laughs> Te- them. I, I'm not trying to tease the tease, but um, there's there's a chance they might they might add someone else. So um, Stay, stay tuned to the site on Tuesday because it could, from what I've heard, there's, it could happen. I'll just put it like that.
1: Okay. Very interesting.
0: Um, all right, guys. Well, that will do it for this show. I'm sure we'll be back later in the week, probably more in depth. Um, another big recruiting weekend coming up for Miami. Uh, there's, a, there's a loaded 7-on-7 tournament in Doral. Um, Miami's going to kind of run a, a junior day that will coincide with that on, on Sunday so we'll have full coverage on the site I'm sure we'll have more breakdowns of the newest editions and uh yeah the, the the king is Miami has a new king right
1: the king is here <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: all right guys we'll talk to you later take
0: care